Hi! We are back. Again. It is Groundhog Day. Again. Wow, it's like that sound is just repeating itself on this show over and over again. Many of you could make the comment that a Groundhog Day show is just like listening to the Radiers podcast because it's the same <laughs> stupid shtick over and over and over again. Why do I sound tinny? Hold on. The cat, you do sound a hmm. The cat was on the, the. We have a new kitty. Uh, is it be, what? Is it because you're talking into a tin can? Maybe. A new Hold kitty. On. You can't just do that and then leave us. I'm right here. Well, now you sound off, mic. Well. Okay. Compression. Uh, Adjusting compression with the rad years. Keeping people in hold, cause there's a new kitty. Mm -mm -mm. And this is where I should be doing something. Hello, does it sound any better? Keep... It sounds it sounds a little better, I guess. A little better. Yeah. It didn't even occur to me until after you said it, but are you already talking into the megaphone? Was that the problem? No. No, hello, 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 hello. Sound checking with the rad years. Ah, uh, good in the woods that productions. Should, uh... Yes, only in Pennsylvania ah. would it, you worship a rodent. Well, to be fair, the... they do it in other places too. Stupid New Jersey had yeah. theirs die. Yeah, the, the New before. Jersey rodent died. Yeah. We don't have many other things to worship here, uh, E-Rock, so um, that's E-Rock, by the way. Oh, it's E-Rock? Yeah, that's his uh, his production. Oh. Oh, hi, E-Rock. So go ahead and blast Connecticut. Why? Oh, yeah. Well, you, what do you guys have? Clams? Oh, wait, that's... Uh, <laughs> what's the other one? They had clams, but you ate them all. I did! Oh, they were delicious. They're, they're cool road signs. Cool road signs. Yeah, they got that. They got cool road signs. Uh, they're that state you drive through to get from New York to Baston. Um, what else? To Baston. Baston. Mm. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Check one, two. Similis. I always do that We're... from home on uh, uh, Tom Hanks was on Saturday Night Live on Wayne's World. This is a bad opening to the show. We just yeah. trash it and start over. But that would be the right thing to do. This is that would be. But but then that would undermine the entire theme, which is this is just another episode of the Rad Years. <laughs> right. You've heard this before. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much we can talk news, Squeezer, because I have not seen Book of Boba Fett. I've seen. Oh, it, I saw a big. I saw a big spoiler headline about. Oh my God! People coming in their pants after seeing these characters. And yeah, and and the best end was IGN had an article all about how the spoilers are out there, 
by and then just spoiled everything right off the bat. Like, well, every what, headline is just I'm a, you can't go on the internet. I'm assuming what happened is what I said absolutely should not happen. I said by no fucking circumstance whatsoever should Grogu be on this show, and I would bet money that they did that. <laughs> uh, is, is Boba Fett in this episode? <laughs> Barely this time. He he actually gets a head nod. Oh, it's a, again they they kept Boba Fett off the show. Barely there. He was the only upside to all that Jeez. meant that uh, there was uh, the um. Why is what are the Power even... Rangers were only in there for like ten seconds too? I don't know. I thought it was absolutely awesome. My favorite character who I've been waiting to show up in a live action Star Wars for like ten years showed up. Um, is this the one I'm not gonna know? Because it's from yeah, you're not gonna know Clone Wars. Clone Wars, but absolute favorite character and the best way possible. It was the coolest like three minutes of any Star Wars. I absolutely was glued to my little tiny phone. Just I was in rapture. So and so they continue to push along the Mandalorian storyline without doing anything to the Boba Boba Fett storyline. Yeah, I don't care because it gave us. <laughs> I, I got kind of. It, it, it is strange. It, it it's very strange. Like the, where they're. I have no idea. Um, Here's a headline: Has the book of Boba Fett taken too many cameo detours? Yes. No, no, it hasn't. Because this is my thing. They're not cameos. They're characters in the world portraying that are filling their roles that they would fill. They're not just. It's not just. Kelsey Grammer popping up in a Star Trek episode. Mm. Um, if when Homer goes to the bar and he goes in the Moe's and Moe is there and Moe's in that episode of The Simpsons, a little different. Little different. Do you, no, no. It's, do you say Moe? That's a cameo. Little different. No, it's not. It's it's a character in the Star Wars universe filling their role. This character that showed up. It makes no sense for any other character but this character to show up, unless they came up with someone completely new. Which no, I, no, no, no. I'm not saying this character, but what they're doing with uh, uh, Mandalorian. Like, save it for the fucking Mandalorian. I'm happy to see it because I'm. No, ha- that that's fine. Well, that that's different than calling them a cameo. They're not cameos. None of these are cameos. Well, I didn't read the article. When, when I, just the, Crum- I, I just well, read the. I, I just everywhere. read the headline. When Salacious Crumb shows up, like, in the background or whatever, and even though it might technically not be him, but they say it's him. All right, maybe that's a that's But a he's someone I would predict to be there because he was living in Jabba's palace. Yeah, okay, so that's not even a cameo. Like, when, he's, when he's more Lee likely to be there. In a, in a Marvel movie, that's a cameo. When a Jedi shows up in Star Wars, that's not a cameo. That's just part of the story. That's like saying, well, Darth Vader's in Empire Strikes Back. That's a cameo. No, but him in the Rogue One is a cameo. <laughs> no, it's not. It's an integral part of the story. It, it's not like, it, it's not put in there just to go, oh, cool, there's Darth not Vader. Cameos. It's... A cameo is someone playing themselves, you know what I mean? It's by definition. Well, it, it's not really Darth Vader in real life. Right. Um, I just don't like all the cameo talk. It belittles the actual. Uh, I mean, they're doing a good enough job belittling the yeah that bus story structure here. as yeah, it is. Right, but... yeah. Sorry, soapbox is starting to crack under me. 
Please let me tell the story you told today. Fine. <laughs> so, Squeezer, I was t- we we're talking to a coworker about what a small world is because there's a possibility that he went to college. Well, not a possibility. He went to college with our coworker's brother, and they might and have like hung. Apparently, just hung had the out same with him like circle of friends, Monday same night. exact circle of friends. And he goes. He might not have known me as Squeezer. And she's like, Derek? He's like, nope, that wasn't my nickname either. <laughs> and we just, we had to pull your arm a little bit to get your nickname. And you're like, fat body. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Like, full metal jacket when he calls pile. You of- are a disgusting fat body. <laughs> I have a pile. Yeah. And they just start calling you fat body. So you were just known in, in, in like circles and parties. Like you walk in. Circle. Yep, yep, you'd walk into a party mean- like, fat body's here. <laughs> no, I didn't walk into parties. But if I did, I would. Yeah. Maybe one or two people called me Derek. What did that was uh, neat. what did Brian Kendrick say? Can we dive into this? Brian Kendrick, the wrestler? Yeah. I didn't know I don't know who he is, but I guess he was pulled for AEW Dynamite. And there's been a change of plans. Past comments made by Kendrick resurface. Tony Khan said they're abhorrent and offensive. What do you say? Can you find mm. it? I want to hear it if it's abhorrent and offensive. Yeah. It's wrestling, isn't everything that they do? Brian Kendrick trends. Oh, he. 9 11 was a trap. 9 11 tragedy was a hologram. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. That's one of those you don't shoot on. Oh, okay. old video surface with controversial thoughts on Sandy Hook, the Holocaust, 9-11, and other... Oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Oh, boy, jeez. Oh, boy. Hey, everybody. I've got the info, Infowars.com here. Alex Jones here. I'm talking about Brian Kendrick. Brian Kendrick's only let go by Tony... Tony Khan, the weak little, let's go, Brandon. We should start going, let's go, Tony. But that's really code for fuck Tony Khan for pulling Brian Kendrick from these shows for just speaking the truth, the things that people are afraid to talk about because you'll get shut down and cancel culture. Cancel culture is the weakest thing in the planet. Listen, 1974, I was in Houston. I saw it all. I know that these comments made by Brian Kendrick are exactly the truth. He said... The Holocaust was overblown. The Red Cross stated it was only 250,000 Jews who were killed. The real number is more like 250,000 people. The Jews killed! Uh, the gas chambers... Let's make sure we put this in context that you're doing a character. <laughs> the gas chambers were for delousing. Yes, I have a delousing gas chamber at my house that everyone has to go through before they come on Infowars.com. Everyone has them. Uh... The Russians killed 10 million Catholics during the same period and didn't receive a country for their loss. I'm done with doing the shtick because it gets worse. On Sandy Hook, this is... No, don't. Don't get me fucking fired up on that. This was a further a plan to cause an eventual civil war in America. Robbie Parker was caught laughing before being told he was on, at which point he began to act sad. Oh, Fuck Christ. Brian Kendrick. Yeah, yeah, he's done. <laughs> oh man, he's got thoughts on 
uh, the JFK assassination, the loon landing, a loon, uh, moon landing, Big Brother, ghosts, the Denver airport, Michael Jackson fake wait, 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 the Denver airport. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had his own YouTube, the Kendrick Theory. What's the Denver airport? I don't know. I'll just ask Alex. Well, you don't know, Squeezer, at the Denver airport, 1975, oh. I was with my father. We flew from Houston to Denver, and we saw atrocities. There are lizard people. You take the third dimensional DMT, you go into third dimension, you go into the gate of the beholders of the Illuminati, Squeezer, the lizard people that really control this world. The George Soros lizard people of this world are there to tell you what really is happening at the Denver airport. See? Okay, there's tunnels that take high-valued people to uh, underground bunkers, and there's alien artifacts there. Um, of course there's alien artifacts there, Squeezer. Wake up! Oh, they have gargoyles in there, so I guess that is a symbol of it being the home of the New World Order. And... New World Order, Illuminati. It's on the back of the $1 bill. A map to the Denver airport, if you fold it correctly, can be seen on the back of the $1 bill, Squeezer. Everyone knows this for years. If you go to Infowars.com, put twenty-five, put the code there to get twenty-five percent off. Beta, Alpha Max, brain hemorrhaging fuel, fuel. You would have been able to focus and figure this out yourself. Um, two thousand eleven Brian Kendrick clip is worse in context. It's part of a section with the title card "Who or What Are Reptilians." And makes it very clear that he thinks, as explained to him by David Icke, Zionists, Jewish medics, and Rothschilds are reptilians. Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's chalk it up to CTE and uh, let him go home. Just yeah. The lizard people stuff is fun. I, I think I'm going to start obsessing over the Denver International Airport now. You know what? I'm going to start making up conspiracies about our airport. Like, planes take off there and take people places. We are the hub for the world of plastic. Listen, if you don't know, the Lehigh Valley International Airport is a hub. You go underneath the underground tunnels, it takes you right into Squeezer's office. (laughs) Where there are artifacts of Korean barbecue all over the place. (laughs) Oh, there are remnants that just... And and talk about gas chambers. My God. (laughs) Oh, all right, all right. That's a little... That was a little dark. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I made the mistake of walking in his office post-Korean barbecue or Filipino barbecue. Yes. Oh, um, although I did have the Korean barbecue from the Filipino barbecue place. <laughs> Just a heads up, I'm probably going to go there for lunch tomorrow. Okay, good to know. I walk yeah. walk in and uh, he, he goes, oh, you might not want to have done that. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> Ran to the only window that opens for air. It was awful. But you just sat there basking in it, proud of it. <laughs> well, yeah. What are you going to do? But like, oh, man, I smell. No, you just kick back and... Ish is in the house. Hi, everyone. Will the lunch lady play the tape of when Squeezer accidentally called her mom when she gave him an extra pizza scrap at lunch? We do have that tape, Ish. That's that's for late. We have, she's going to come on a little later and talk Thanks, about Ish. that tape she played. 
The lizard people run the Whataburger in the Southwest Airlines terminal. They make a hell of a Dr. Pepper shake. I heard about this, actually. I knew this was a thing. It's back at Whataburger. And I'm like, how does a Dr. Pepper shake taste? Hmm. I will indulge. Oh, Ish, don't get me started on what he eats. I came in one day, and it smelled like some sort of... I Talk about Groundhog Day. I thought he was eating Groundhog in his office. That's what it smelled like. Wow. Uh, the, the pork adobo. <laughs> Good stuff. Um. I made I made garlic bread last night as a little snack, and yeah, Weezer like texted me at like one in the morning, like, "Dear God!" Apparently, it woke her up because it just my whole house reeked of garlic. It woke the wife up. Yeah. Yeah, we are because make- I, I I render my garlic and butter and the stuff for like an hour, just kind of m- melt it real low. Before I based it, we were making yeah. fun of you back at the the building for saying you're gonna go home and make garlic bread. <laughs> make fun of me all you want. It was delicious. It's like the weirdest thing you could say. Oh, I'm ah, I think I'm gonna go home and you know make make uh, a pizza, you know, or make you know throw throw something on the grill or something. I'm gonna go home and make garlic bread. <laughs> huh, I was in the mood for garlic bread. I had the bread. I had the garlic. I got butter. And you put no cheese on this garlic bread? No. No. How do you not put cheese on it? I'm a purist. Just garlic and butter. Yep. And you dip. A little oregano. You dip it in sauce? Nope. You don't have to. It's saturated in butter and garlic. (laughs) You don't need any marinara to cut that down, though? Ah, marinara is overrated. What about, like, maybe some balsamic? Nope. I don't know why you would need any of that. If anything, I would just dip it in garlic butter sauce. <laughs> but I didn't have any because I used all the garlic and butter to make the garlic bread. Mm. And you don't you don't put any Parmesan and stick it under the broiler? Uh, I do sometimes. I didn't feel like doing it that time. So if I had the broiler, it was going to be a thing. And yeah, that's fine. Okay. Well, all right. That's. I mean, to each each their own squeezer is what I always say. Oh, yeah. I, I agree with you. Uh, so I guess we should talk a bit about the movie first. Uh, we both re-watch, gave it a rewatch. Um, yeah, I hadn't seen it in quite some time. It was it, it, Looking at it through the eyes of the last few years, like, yeah, I don't know if they can. And, and we say this, and not that we take sides with anyone who says anything on the contrary or for it. But I don't know if this movie can be made in 2022. Really? We pretty much... I, what would you constitute what he does to the first woman? Um, yeah, but he's a complete piece of garbage at that time. I know you're not allowed to be... A, you're not allowed to have bad guys in movies anymore, but... Right, I know. He's not a good I know, guy when I know, he does it. I know, I know. They have to show... Yeah, but but if he's, if he's capable of that, they say you're not a good guy at all is the point. That that could be constituted as rape, maybe. <laughs> uh, possibly. Maybe I don't know. It was it's, tricky. It seemed gray area. it seemed uncomfortable yeah, for the first it, time. I never it, felt it uncomfortable little, before, but this yeah. time I'm watching. I'm like I'm uncomfortable with what he's doing here. <laughs> now, how long do you think he's in this time loop? Um, I've heard anywhere from. 
10 years mm-hmm. to 10,000 years. Well, they wanted it originally to be 10,000 years, the script called yeah. for. And then they said they'd make it more like 10 years. But someone did the math. Apparently, it's 33 days and 33 years and 350 days. How, how did that? Oh, I, I saw someone like they, they took into account how long it takes to become a master. Yeah, so they, they no, they, they took into account how long it is to master anything. They said it takes about 10,000 hours to master any skill. And they added up all the skills he had, but it's all the days he said he was there. And they figured it was 33 years and 350 days. Yeah, I guess when they wanted the 10,000 years in the studios, like, no one could mentally handle that. Right. And also, the movie started in the time loop. They're like, nah, we got to kind of figure out how he gets in the time loop. Like, to like, so the studio, so like the audience is like, well, he deserved to be in the time loop. And, yeah. you know, watching last yeah, night, I kind of like, they wanted some, one studio note was like, we need to show like magic or the supernatural, the reason how he got in the time loop. And I, I kind of like that they never showed how he got in the time I loop. I think it's the the best thing that they did with it was not explain it. Yeah. Just leave the leave the mystery be, chalk it up to magic or a temporal vortex, whatever. Like, take any magic, science, religion, whatever you want out of it and just let it... It just happened. Or did it. That's another, or it didn't. Or it didn't. Or, okay, possibly. And that was just him in his head. And, you know, thinking of the worst and getting to the best. Oh, it, it was all just one uh, mind uh, exercise the entire time. Like, it was his ride out to Punxsutawney. He's just thinking this in his head. Y- By the time he comes back, he's a better person. Quite possibly. And falling in love with her. With, yeah. With Rita. And and then uh, supposedly she was supposed to get stuck in the time loop after he was. Uh, that just muddies things up. Yeah. Just be done with it. And well, that could have been a good sequel like the next on. day. Yeah. But, I mean, who would want to live? It, but at that point, it's already been done. Now, you they didn't I mean? shoot this in actual Punxsutawney. It's shot somewhere in Illinois. Like the, yeah, outside like, of Chicago, I think. Well, they're Chicago boys and... Well, no, it was just Puxatani doesn't look like shit because it's Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they don't actually do like the thing in town. It's like outside. Like right, they said it's too far away. Like it can't be quaint. But they built like the the po- the um, like gazebo and everything, and podium was mm-hmm. built to look exactly like. And like those idiots actually do wear their top hats and shit. And they're not. They are gentlemen of the the pelt. But uh, I'm more of a fan of the world's second most favorite famous groundhog. Oh, he's Pennsylvania's second most favorite groundhog, famous groundhog. Ask Enchantress. Well, wouldn't how... that make the world's most famous if? Yeah. If he's Pennsylvania's second most famous, he'd be the world's second most famous. Because I guess ask uh, ask Enchantress how excited I get every time a new Gus commercial for the Pennsylvania Lottery comes on. <laughs> Gus is <laughs> the second most. I don't know how he's related to Phil Punxsutawney Phil. But he's he's Gus, and he he, he encourages you to keep on scratching. Uh, he's uh, addicted to lottery. He promotes tickets. he promotes your uh, gambling addiction. Yes, he um, he's addicted to scratch offs. Uh, he needs help, 
and mm-hmm. uh, all he can do is talk about scratch offs and and push scratch offs on his friends and family. Someone needs to say, send a rescue crew down into that uncanny valley and pull him out of there because it's. Oh, I love him. I think he looks oh, just I, like I, Olive. He's fantastic. It's a big fat though. Like, you pulled me out of my office yesterday when you were talking about it because you were talking about the hibachi one, and it's it's so great because there's a groundhog at a hibachi, and he gets a shrimp flip to him, and he the groundhog's yeah. not just in the hibachi; he's in the hibachi pushing Pennsylvania lottery scratch off tickets. Yeah, just just annoying people at their dinner. Yeah. The new Pennsylvania lottery scratchers. And he, he he's what kind of uh, groundhog? I don't know. What 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 is his uh his, his main characteristic? He's fat. In the no, oh, he's anthro. Oh, anthropomorphic. <laughs> anthro <Yeah>. anthropomorphic. <laughs> anyway, he looks he like he wears people clothes. He looks like Olive. So today I was trying to hold Olive up like a groundhog to see if she saw her shadow, and she kicked me <laughs> and gave me a big scratch in my hand. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Keep on scratching. Keep on scratching. Ah, but overall, there's a few. I I laughed. I enjoyed it thoroughly, even yeah. though I've seen it multiple times. I I love what he's like. Like, do you want to go to dinner with us? He's like, no, nah, I'm just gonna stay back here, read some books, you like hustler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the relationship uh, between the three of them is quite. Uh... It's very real, like in television. Yes. Like the drive out yeah. there in the live truck. Um, mm-hmm. the whole prima donna talent and and not getting away with it. Like the cameraman gives him just as much shit. Like, yeah, he does not care. You might be is. a celebrity to outsiders, but here, pal, you're just a jerk off. You just who, who works just with me? Do your job so I can go back to the hotel and be done with my day. Yes, you put the talent. That's a good move too. Putting the talent at a different hotel to make them think they're special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that that little bit. If it cost anything more, yeah, uh, yeah. Just you gotta just not inflate the ego, but you know you don't want to pop that bubble. Right. Yeah. So next time we go to a AHL All Star game, we're putting Fulkerson in uh, a hotel across town, <laughs> but a much right. nicer hotel, squeezer. A much nicer. Yeah, hotel. much nicer hotel. I like a good CD motel. Yes, <laughs> I, I don't. Well, the, the th- good thing about a seedy motel is when you drink too many old fashions and puke all over the floor, <laughs> it won't really make a difference. It might hide the smell yeah. of the seedy motel. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that, was, whew, that, was, that was a rough one. See, now if you guys would have been in a different hotel, you wouldn't have to deal with that. Yeah, but I'm not talent. I would have been in the shit hole with you. That's true. Hmm. All right, I guess we should start our groundhog day show while it's still Groundhog Day. Okay. All right. uh, I go first this week. Gotcha. And I am talking about an actual scene from the movie. Here is my first pick as I open it because I want to watch along while I play it, so I'm not going to play it for my soundboard. Hmm. All right, little fella. Good job. (laughs) He just smiled at me. Did you see that? Believe he did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, little fella, there you go. <laughs> Mr. Hi there, Shirley. Mister. Something I can do you for? Hey! Hey, what are you doing? Hey! Hey, get the word out! Somebody get in that milk! We're going after him! 
is still a ground pod. Uh, I could probably think of a couple of reasons. Herbert. <laughs> You gotta check your mirrors. Just side of your eye. Side of your eye. <laughs> uh, when he lets the groundhog drive, I love that scene. The groundhog's just, mouth just going, and he's got his two hands on the wheel. Uh, uh, that little off comment from Chris Elliott, the cameraman. If any of our talent, like Mike Z or Dan, still a groundhog, we'd definitely be like, oh, he's gotta fuck it. <laughs> this scene right here, when the groundhog's doing this, don't drive angry. It then bit through Bill Murray, bit Bill Murray's hand twice, bit through the leather glove he was wearing. He had to get stitched up and bandaged. They halted production. They they are nasty, nasty little teeth. Nasty little, they're fucking varmints, man. They're bastards. Yeah. Whistle pigs. Uh, you ever see one where like the teeth, they get that disease and the teeth just keep growing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's really unpleasant. One was remember a few years ago at Iron Pigs. When I had my uh, my car, my car still my black, this the car I had before this one, mm -hmm. and um, Scott chased a groundhog out from underneath it. Oh yeah. And his fat ass like pulled out wires from under my car. I had to go and oh, reconnect right. them. Well, I I had the one that was in front of my car, and it was clearly like something was wrong with it. Like it had rabies. Like the way it was rolling and just kind of. It was acting really odd, and it crawled under my car and then up it's into, so underneath the hood, underneath in like the engine compartment. So I got like this little bistro table and a, and a, um, a yard a stake from like my garden, and I am approaching it like, uh, like a hoplite, like a Greek soldier, <laughs> like advancing on it, and like poking at it, and finally it ran out, and then it ran out and into my wheel well. Not in the wheel this well, but dark, into the, the wheel way, itself. When, uh, fucking and with like, with the groundhog, he drives off the cliff and the car explodes. <laughs> he might be okay. Uh. Well, no, probably not. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> he keeps shooting. He takes he takes his coworker dying fairly well. He's like, mm, probably not now. He keeps shooting. Yeah. I would you I would expect you to keep shooting if I did Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. So what happened with this groundhog as you approached it? Um, so after he it, got Herbert. into the wheel, I'm like, you know, I just, I got to go to work. I'm, I'm sorry, buddy. And eh, you're probably not doing well anyway. So I just like neutral drop and I just blast it in reverse and then slam it in a drive and like take off. I'm thinking, all right, I'm just going to go right to the car wash. Cause this is going to be really gross. I didn't want to hurt the guy, but I didn't have a choice. And plus I called like animal control and I called like the local police and they're like, yeah, you're outside our jurisdiction, so you're going to have to call someone from the state, and they're going to have to come down. I'm like, oh, they're just going to shoot him. I might as well do it. But I look back at my mirror, and he's, like, running away from me, looking over his shoulder, looking back like, what the fuck? As he's running away. He was fine. Oh, so he, he fell out. He got out? Yeah, he got out. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. 
And I'm sure the Fox got him right afterwards, but hmm. still. Well, hopefully the Fox didn't eat him if he was rabid. I would hope not. Yeah. It's a big Fox, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the driving scene always I thought was funny and um as a kid when I first saw that oh, I was probably like ten years old or eleven when I first saw this. Um it was like age appropriate back then. Like now I don't I don't know, you know. Like they they baby kids nowadays. You people baby your kids nowadays. But back then, yeah, what's what's Groundhog Day? It's a it's a Bill Murray movie. It's appropriate for kids. <laughs> well, I'm looking now, I'm wondering, inspiration for this. Did it come from it came from oh, the, guy. Guy so, had an idea in his head, and apparently he went in his calendar and looked up the nearest holiday, and chose Groundhog Day. Oh, I I just meant the Groundhog Driving. Oh, because the Toons is a Driving Cat debuted on SNL in 1989. Oh yeah, right, right, right. A lot of people said that. You, I think you brought that up on the show already, right? Did I? Yeah. Oh, I always love Toons is a Driving Cat. Yeah. Toons is <laughs> they treated him so it was they, so, so earnestly. So dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um But yeah, you just picked I mean, and at the time Groundhog Day was nothing. I mean it wasn't nothing, but this movie did a lot for Groundhog Day. <sighs> and it's and like the whole the idea of it, like the nomenclature, is that what the word I'm looking for? It's like you know, like, the the idea of Groundhog Day, like repeating itself. Right. That's that um, zeitgeist. It stems the zeitgeist. Yes, it stems from this. Like, yeah. In, in 1992, when you say Groundhog Day, it had nothing to do with a time loop. Right. But now it's like feels like Groundhog Day. Like, if people don't know this movie, they're like, what when a fat rodent pops out of a fucking tree trunk and predicts the weather no time loop i i don't know how some people don't even know do not teach this stuff in school but i was just going through and you know i love reading comment sections and stuff and it was something about the movie and people were referencing how like you know they actually brought the those guys from punxsutawney in to like be like experts on it like yeah that's how we would do it and and people like Wait, th- that wasn't just made up for the movie. This is a real thing. Oh yeah, like yeah. yeah ask it's PCM Groundhog Paul. Day. You think he had to go cover it every day of his life for yeah. fucking multiple years? Yeah, but they, they didn't know. They, I guess they knew Groundhog Day was a holiday, but didn't think that there was an actual groundhog that came out and saw its shadow. I guess it, it blew their mind that this was an actual event that happened. God damn. Fucking groundhog come out and fucking salt's goddamn shadow. Fucking cold up here for another goddamn six months, motherfucker. Yeah. I, I haven't done Jim Cornette in a while, so. Someone oh, for comments. We didn't we didn't write read comments. I got I got a oh, good no. one. So Wampa4321 wrote, <laughs> Okay, I just wanted to say hey, and I have a question. So I was listening to Hollywood Babylon. It's a podcast with Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. Big fan. Saw it live. If you listen to the Philadelphia episode a couple, two, three years ago, I'm in it. Uh, Enchantress. I have him do a Donald Trump gimmick for Enchantress, Ralph. Uh, If you don't know what it is, it's a show they do. Improv, jokes, topics, and more. Ralph is one of the hosts who does impressions a whole bunch. You spelled whole wrong about, but I'm not going to 
nitpick because I can't spell a lot of things either. And uh, one of them, how do you know he spelled it wrong? Then one of them he does is Edwin. He's an old comedian back in the forties. Yeah, don't you know? I know Edwin. Oh, you know, don't you know? That kind of sounds like my lunch lady. That impression, yeah. that impersonation sounded so familiar. So I want to look him up. And seen he seen he done the voice of Mad Hatter on the original Alice in Wonderland cartoon. So full circle, you do you do an imitation of a character like Edwin. My question is, is that who your character is or someone else? Thanks. Great show. Now, mine's more my lunch lady's kind of based on Adam Sandler's play with your cock and balls for mama. You got some cock and some balls. Stroke them. You're going to go get some of uh, 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 what the fuck's he say? Uh, suntan lotion and stroke your big cock for mama. <laughs> stroke your ding dong. <laughs> I, I was a kid. I just thought that was the funniest fucking sketch ever. Like, why would this <laughs> woman talk to her kids? You got some cock and some balls to play with them. Uh, and it's also Eleanor on, um, uh, eight crazy nights. Um, the two old people that uh, uh, Davy Stone, who's Adam Sandler in the cartoon, live with. It's Whitey's like, I'm watching you, Stone. One more act like that. And I'm going to technical foul you right out of the game. And Eleanor's like, Whitey, calm down. You're going to have another seizure. And then I, 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 it's just like my old lady. And then I put a, a little spin to it like, Squeeze Oh, my God. And I get really deep and dark when Squeezer, <laughs> when I'm talking about something erotic. But uh, Squeezer was just a sweet boy. But it's kind of like, it's kind of Edwin is like, oh, don't you know? You know? Like Edwin's like, heavens to Murgatroyd. Like that one, my uh, Snagglepuss. <laughs> I think Snagglepuss might be based on Edwin. So, yes, I do know. Uh, Hollywood Babylon, one of my favorite. It just came back, one of my favorite podcasts. On Edwin. Wally Gator is patterned after comedian Edwin. Snagglepuss is based on Burt Lahr. Googling old guys with the rad years. Heavens to Megatroid. Oh, uh, Bert Lahr was the cowardly lion. Oh, was he? Yeah. I say, I say. Is that more Snagopus? I don't know. I mean, I, I might not just be him, but like the rest of his, you know, personality maybe. I don't I don't. Well, I don't know. I just listen. There's no rhyme or reason to the shit I do. It's it's just all chaos, pal. But thank you for the kind words. This Thanks guy's first movie role was in 1929. Who's that? Edwin. The Bert no, Lahr. The, the Bert Lahr. Like when you see his final film role is 1968. <laughs> well, was it like is or Wizard of Oz like 1930 something? Uh, Wizard of Oz was 39. That was like well into like okay we know how to make movies now. Hit. What what year was that your what birthday or what how old were you then <laughs> <laughs> something something. <laughs> something something. Something something Jake making fun of me for being old. Even though his his 
uh, man crush Dougie is only one month younger than me. <gasps> don't don't ruin that for him. I told him many he, times. Well, hey, well take it take it as a you know compliment. He likes older men. I don't know. Dougie thinks it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> now he's gonna be all butt hurt tomorrow when he listens to this and he's gonna yell at me. Yeah. Um. They should re-release it and call it Groundhog Day. Groundhog's Day too, but change nothing. Just the original movie. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um. Joe wants to know if I can put. If Vince can put the groundhog over. All right, so I'll set the scene. Groundhog is uh, in Vince's office on the night of February 1st. <clears throat> hey, pal. Uh, we got a big uh, big match for you tomorrow, pal. You're going you're gonna to come out, and then I want to see the puppies, and you're going to push your fat ass out that tree stump, and you're going to see your shadow. They give us six more weeks. A fucking winner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, with the fucking fat showing you fat fucking groundhog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can almost see it. <laughs> That's why I set the scene for you first. Yeah. All right, well, that nonsense is over. Let's go to your they're, first. They're, they're, they're back at Gorillas, and like Vince is talking in like the little carrier cage. Yeah. God damn it. Look at you. Oh, yeah. I could see you in polka dots. God damn, pal. Can we get a polka dot tank top for this fucking groundhog? Oh, God damn. Do I have to do everything myself around here, pal? <laughs> polka dots. Oh, yeah. Right over your big fat fupa. All right, Squeezer's first pick. We were obnoxious in the late 90s, weren't we? Early 2000s. Yeah. And? Um, are you going to go on or are you done? No, that was it. <laughs> uh, that, actually, that was cut down to a two-minute spot. So that was the opening and the close. And in between, it was uh, like two minutes of like scratching and like, beats and stuff to the game uh, Prince of Persia Sands of Time which it's in the title time so I was thinking alright we need a time loopy kind of thing let me look at, at Vigi games um, I wasn't sure I know there was one out there I wasn't sure if you would pick because um, you talk about it so much and you played it more than I did um, so I went with this one what game were you talking about I didn't pick any game uh, Majora's Mask 
Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I don't think of that as a time. Yeah, I guess it is a time loop. Yeah, you play the same thing over and over again, pretty yeah. much. Um, so <clears throat> this game was developed by Ubisoft uh, before they came out with their stupid Ubi Connect or whatever it is that I can't play Assassin's Creed on the internet because you know they're stupid. Anyway, um. Yeah, so this was there was an original Prince of Persia that was released for the NES way back, and so they started developing a new one that was going to be for uh, PlayStation Two and Xbox, and uh, eventually GameCube, and they were coming up with ideas like they they wanted to make a game that was this was at a time when they started going like real open world and. It, they felt like it was getting out of control. Like, your games were losing their way. Like, you would just get kind of get lost. So they had, like, these core, you know, rules that they wanted to follow. Like, have a good story, but also make it fun. Have the action be coherent. And then they came up with this last idea, which was uh, the, uh, the director, I forgot, it was director production, uh, the producer of it, was it? Was his title? Anywho, producer. One of the higher ups working on it at the time, developing it. Uh, Patrice de Soleil. De, oh yeah, he was the director. Patrice de Soletes. I don't know. He's French. Um, he was playing uh, Donald Duck going quackers, and he was getting pissed off because he'd played a game, and it was a platform game, which it, this was. But you get to the point where he would die, and he also to go back I, I and just, believe one of Enchantress's favorite games, uh, Going Quackers. Yeah, I never played it. It was a computer game, I think. Uh, I don't know what it was released for. I mean, I'm sure it was Donald Duck Going. I'm looking it up. Keep talking. Okay. Anyway, so he was playing it, and he was getting frustrated because he would die, and then have to go back and replay that whole section over again, um, which is like basically the rule going back for video games. You die and you start over again. But he was thinking, what it would be cool if you get to a point where if you die or you, you fail something, you can just go back in time and replay that moment over and over again until you get it right and kind of almost use it as a game mechanic, like trial and error, work things out, or use it to actually solve a puzzle. So they actually developed that into like a core gameplay, which is what makes it stand out from every other platform game where you, if you die or something, you travel back and you can do it over again and you just do it over and over and basically create a time loop where you can. Maybe you not. Know, I might be thinking of a different Donald Duck game that she uh, played. And successfully um, complete your task. And it's what made it stand out. It's what made it different. Uh, from all the other games out there, and then some other games kind of reworked it, you know, different. She went uh, playing Donald Duck's uh, Playground. Ah, uh, but Ooh, Irish um, yeah, it it was great, and it was cool because they managed to. They were really smart about it too. It wasn't just in there for no reason. They tied it all together. The 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 <coughs> art direction, and then the gameplay, and then. That aspect of the time travel all works into the actual story. So it's just, you're not just, oh, 
I'm, it's a video game, so I'm able to go back in time. No, you're able to go back in time because you have the dagger and the sands of time and all that whatnot. Mm. It all makes sense to... It actually might make sense. They actually explain it versus in Groundhog Day where it's just... Hmm. It happens. There's actually a, a plot device explaining why you're able to do this. Right. It's a really fun game. Quality game. I believe I'm. I I'm not disbelieving. I'm not. Ar- I'm not arguing. And if you do, I'll I'll I'll, I'll fight you over it. Uh, could you picture us fighting? Naked, no. oiled up, just wrestling. Like physically fighting. Like physically, like throw down. Yeah, like like fisticuffs. Yeah, I would shoot for a double. I just I would go low. You know, just kind of roll my shoulder in you and try to just weigh you down. I don't know if I could shrine you though. Your arms are kind of short. <laughs> I know it's an advantage. And I I tuck them in. You're like a gorilla. I suck my I suck my legs in like a penguin and just uh you know, just lay on you. Till someone pulls me off. Like, I win. Although, you know, everyone that knows us, they'd probably assume that we finally just gave in to our urges. We're like, oh, look at that's so lovely. They're really angry when they're having sex. (laughs) Yes. But this is well, kind of, after all, finally, after all these years, guys, but right here, really? This is kind of how we imagined it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would look the same. Right. That's exactly how it would look. No, no. We always picture <laughs> this one. Really awkward and uncomfortable. Well, less oil, but yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Yeah. Is that is that a Crisco? Is it melted butter? <laughs> Yeah, maybe I was preparing my lunch, you know? Yeah, maybe you was making garlic bread and I just, you know, things got out of hand. We should stage that. We no should. one will buy it. Um, well, yeah, you never know. You never know. Okay, uh, you got any more on Prince of Persia? Uh, no, no. Go play it. It's fun. All right, well, here is my next pick for Groundhog Day. You Sergeant Slaughter, I guess you could say me and all my Hulkamaniacs are burning up right now. Oh, yeah, burning a Hulkamania poster, trying to burn our dreams, trying to incite our country more than it is is one thing. But now taking the Hulkamania banner, the training, the prayers, the demandments, the believing in all the Hulkamaniacs, the Hulk rule shirt, everything we stand for, brother. Torturing that thing on national TV was as bad as torturing old glory. And you just added more fuel to the fire, brother. What you don't realize, Sergeant Slaughter, is how big of a monster the enemy really is, man. But my offensive strategy hasn't changed one bit. I'm coming after you with both Patriots loaded, brother, the largest Patriots in the world. And now that there are no rules, Slaughter, that we're playing by your rules, no regard for life, bro. There's no telling how far you may take this thing in the heat of battle to save your own skin. So, as good as I think I am unscripted, man, no one's better than fucking Hogan. That was uh, Hogan cutting a promo for WrestleMania 7. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesse Ventura told him to burn the flag because it, it was just made legal in, like, 1990, right? Really? Yeah. Oh. 
Supreme Court held up that it's freedom of speech. Oh, that yeah, yes. Yeah. Um. So, like, he's like, come on, McMahon, burn the flag. No one's going to say anything. It'll be a great way to fucking get heat on Slatter. And they didn't, but instead they burnt the Hulkamania poster. Yeah, Vin, I think Vince knew a little. Goddamn, pal. <clears throat> Goddamn, pal. We can't burn the there, fucking flag. There's heat, and then there's heat. Goddamn the heat. Ah, oh, it'll be enormous. Ha, ha, ha. Let's do it. <laughs> Wait, no, we can't do it. Goddamn. Yeah, you got that good smell, pal. The protein. My uh, Groundhog Day pick is, is Hulk Hogan and WrestleMania. My whole life, I just assume, hold on, I need a sip of beer. Mm-hmm, hmm My whole life, I just assumed WrestleMania was Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan fought WrestleMania. Because the main event at WrestleMania was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T versus Roddy Piper, Paul Orndorff, um, the, with Muhammad Ali as a special guest referee. The rest main event at WrestleMania 2 was Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy in a steel cage match. The main event at WrestleMania 3 was Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant. Now, WrestleMania 4 was the outlier because that was that tournament for the title mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Savage got it. But it built to the, yeah, I wouldn't got myself the best tag team partner a guy can get. Yeah. <laughs> The mega powers, and then the, just looking at—I just picture that hand, that the handshake, that that, that handshake is just—he had lust in his eyes, yeah, lust in his eyes, which led to the breakup. No of the, human being shakes hands like that. <laughs> What's that from? Well. No, uh, stacks books like that. Oh, stacks books. Okay, I, I was like, that sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for uh, Hogan got double DQ'd from Andre. <clears throat> I've been doing too many voices. I'm losing my voice already. <laughs> uh, so which led to five Randy Savage versus Hogan, which is arguably the best WrestleMania ever. WrestleMania five, great match. Hogan Andre, world title goes back to Hogan. Which then he loses to Ultimate Warrior because he's back at WrestleMania 6. And we think that's the last we see of Hulk Hogan because Ultimate Warrior was the Intercontinental title. Now it's the WWE title. And he took it all. And he is now, but the torch has been passed. He is now the carrier. Well, no one liked him as the champion. Business went down. He's got no charisma. Uh, he's a fun Intercontinental champ, but not. So they gave the belt to Slaughter at Royal Rumble. And then Hogan came back at WrestleMania 7. To beat Slaughter for the belt. WrestleMania 8. Hogan versus Sid. Thank good for Sid Justice. Hulk Hogan versus Sid Justice. WrestleMania 9. You think. You think. It's Yokozuna versus Bret Hart as the final match. But uh-uh. <laughs> Hogan brother comes out for the save. Gets the leg drop on Yokozuna. And wins the belt with a black eye. That definitely wasn't from uh, Macho Man. It was from a ski boat accident. <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah, it happens all the time. You just get a black eye from a ski boat accident. <laughs> Anything to do with Macho Man's divorce from Elizabeth. Not that Hogan <laughs> slept with Elizabeth, but Hogan was lying to Macho Man, and Elizabeth was over with Linda, 
I called the house and she said he wasn't there. <laughs> Finally, WrestleMania 10. Hogan, I believe, was already on his way. Oh, AZ. AZ's making her first appearance. Hey, sweetheart. We have a new member of the uh, family, the Radiers family, Squeezer. Ah. Little Izzy, she's a cutie pie. She's just standing up in my chair. She's a three-month-old kitten that we got from a shelter. Oh, hi, Izzy. Uh, her her name at the shelter was Izzy, and uh, Enchantress because she's a Bengals fan. Uh, who who day for all the Bengals fans? We named her Izzy Shuffle, like the Icky Shuffle. Ah, gotcha. Her name is Izzy Shuffle. But yeah, hi, Izzy. Did you want to come up here? She she doesn't really talk much like Schmuffin did, you know. She meeps. Mm. She's like a roadrunner. She'll fly down the hallway from my office down to the bedroom, and she'll go meep meep. She's like a little roadrunner. But she's a cutie pie. So WrestleMania ten finally. Uh, the match of the night was Yokozuna versus Bret Hart. No, I'm sorry. The main event was Yokozuna versus Bret Hart, finally, without Hogan interfering with Roddy Piper's special guest referee. But the match of the night at WrestleMania 10 was Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels in the first ever WWF ladder match for the undisputed mm-hmm. IC title. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, that broke the cycle. That was like the end of Groundhog Day when the cycle's broken. Hogan's not showing up in the main event. And I don't know if if WWF was worse for wear on it. All right, are you gonna come up here? You can only do it for so long. Hogan made event. God damn, Hogan must pose. Sorry, Izzy, she didn't like my Vince. (laughs) But of course, Hogan was back by WrestleMania 18 for probably one of the biggest matches of the Rock's career when it turned. Uh, Hollywood Hogan back into Hulk Hogan. Even though the main event was Jericho and Triple H for the undisputed title. No one gave a fuck about that. Yeah, no one cared about that. Yeah. The match of the night was Rock Hogan. It it was pretty epic. It, It was just like Hogan went out as a heel and the whole fucking building was Chan and Hogan. Yeah. And it immediately without even talking or discussing anything. Rock nodding to Hogan, Hogan, Hogan nodding back. Rock started playing the role of the heel, and Hogan started playing the role of the babyface. Mm-hmm. That's fucking. That's a special kind of artwork. I mean, people shit on pro wrestling a lot, but goddamn, pal, when you're in a, an arena, a sky dome of sixty-eight thousand people screaming for you, and without talking or discussing anything, you decide to completely flip the script and, and completely flip who's the bad guy and the good guy. And they wrestle differently. You wrestle differently as a heel and as a babyface. And and Rock immediately started playing the role as the heel, knowing that this was now his role. That's why The Rock's a fucking superstar, and that's why Hogan yeah. always was a fucking superstar. Mm-hmm. That being said, Groundhog Day. All right, Squeezer, here's your second pick. Okay. I, I just used a clip from the movie because there's I'm talking about a book and... They don't make sounds. Okay. Ned Ryerson. Bang! Bang! I hate it, <laughs> So did you turn pro with that belly button thing, Ned, or No, what? Phil, I sell insurance. 
What a shock. Do you have life insurance? Because if you do, you could always use a little more. Am I right or am I right or am I right? Right, right, right. Ned, I would love to stand here and talk with you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right. I'll walk with you. You know, whenever I see an opportunity now, I charge it like a bull. Ned the bull, that's me now. You know, I got friends of mine who live and die by the actuarial tables, and I say, hey, it's all one big crapshoot anywho. Tell me, have you ever heard of single premium life? Because I think that really could be the ticket for you. Oh, God! It is so good to see you. Uh, what are you doing for dinner? Uh, something else. It's been great seeing you, Needlehead. Take care. <laughs> Watch out for that first step. It's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> Ned Ryerson's the fucking... Uh. I love it. <laughs> and is there anything more satisfying than that punch in the face? Nope. It's so... It, it's glorious. I know violence not the answer, but yeah, you know what? Sometimes it is. When you're dealing with 33 years of the same thing, I'm sure he's punched yeah. him more than one time in the face. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And you know when he was going... When he, like, broke bad for that time? When he was just doing awful shit? Yeah. They, they, because they, they even left out like, because in the original screenplay, it gets a little darker, he turned a little heel. more serious. Um, for the movie, they, 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 they let him leave. Shied away from. They let they left in the suicide attempt. So they try the studio wanted them gone, and he's uh, Ramus Harold Ramus, rest in peace, who directed this. Egon directed this movie. He was like, yeah, fuck no. He and he plays him. He plays the, uh, new, neurologist. the neurologist. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's necessary. It's part of the character arc. You can't take that away. That's a big step. Like the the, the studio even said, like you can't be ten thousand years because no one would, you know, believe that you wouldn't go insane that long. Well, you did. You know. Um. Yeah, it's a good point. He probably did some really awful shit to Ned that we didn't see. Yeah. That's true. You can make a whole bunch of sequels. Or this would be a good serial show. You can just go off and in the weeds, just random days. Like, today I sucked a dick. Because <laughs> when I wake wow. up tomorrow, <laughs> it didn't happen. No, no it did. No, you, it did. You remember sucking a dick. Like, yeah. the, the guy you sucked a dick didn't, doesn't remember, but you're still going to remember you sucked his dick. Fuck. <laughs> I I wasn't well. I I like how like my idea of like murder and torture of Ned is, you know, fine. Ned Peterson, you want to get your dick sucked? Because <laughs> I'll suck it right now. I'll suck the life insurance right out of it. Ah, <laughs> oh. all right, parents. Sorry, tell your kids. <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. If your kids were listening to this show. We apologize. You didn't think there was going to be any dick-sucking talk. Here we are, talking about dick-sucking. Not, yeah, well, not forgetting the fact... It's Day episode. Not, so. not forgetting the fact that just minutes ago we were talking about us oil-fucking <laughs> and butter. Uh, oh. I, yeah, but it was more implied. Right. It and also, we weren't sucking each other's dicks, so, I mean, that's crossing the line. <laughs> He could have fucked Ned, whatever his name is, but if he sucks his dick. 
It just sounds so dirty. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nana. This is, I like, a, ron- I like this your, is a randy show. I like your fur collar. You want to fuck? Well, I'm assuming 33 years. He probably fucked everyone in that town. Guy, girl, rodent. You know he fucked the groundhog once. That went in his head. Oh, don't, no, don't, don't, don't. He did. Uh, now I'm going to have to re, rewatch with a different kind of. Uh, Chris Elliott knew what he was doing. He called it. He goes, I know what he's doing, pervert. I mean, after all those 30, what did you say, 300 years? 33, 33, 33 years. years. Hmm. 33 years, stuck in that town, doing the same thing, same people. You know it's going to be like, well, I haven't fucked the groundhog yet. <laughs> Not like it's gonna kill me. Not like I'm gonna get groundhog AIDS. No, that's called rabies. Yeah, but he's gonna go to bed and wake up without groundhog that's, AIDS. That's true. That groundhog. Um, he's gonna he's gonna know he fucked that groundhog for the rest of his life. <laughs> and you still gotta go and do that stand up in front of it every morning. All right. Yeah. It's groundhog. I day. think yeah. that that was the last one. And then the next day he brought the donuts. He's like, all right, we gotta. Yeah, what you bring donuts? Well, I fucked the groundhog <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> and and you filmed it on that beta cam. Yeah, man, that thing's heavy. Whew. Um. Anyway, I'm talking about <laughs> not. I'm not saying per se the inspiration, but prior to um, Groundhog Day coming out, there was a book that was released um, called uh, Replay. That was came or published in 1986, and it tells a story of a guy who dies, uh, has a heart attack in his mid 40s, and wakes back up, and he's 18 years old, and he remembers everything from his previous life. Oh God! I wish I knew my previous life when I was 18. I know. Isn't that a little yeah? So he, he does it right. Now, now he's like, you, you have all that knowledge mm-hmm. that you had, all the common sense and that that comes with the wisdom that you develop. And he's 18 years old and he's going to, he's changes his life, you know, and you do all the things like, you know, bet on sports and, you know, lottery number, all that stuff. And you become wealthy and do all the right things you know what's going to happen how, how do you remember lottery numbers i can't remember someone's phone number oh, i'm just picking random it just i'm not saying well, i'm not saying that happened i have it on my to read list but um <laughs> <laughs> but um God damn. What, what's weird it, it's, and it, he's then 43 years old boom dead of a heart attack wakes back up he's like 20 years old now though so as he goes back, there's a little bit less time leading up to it. And it's still, he can't, no matter what he what, does. What year does he die of the do. heart attack? Uh, it was 1988. No, no, how old is he as, when he dies of the heart attack? 40, 43. I mean, that's what, four years from now? I am, I'm okay to go with that ish. No, can't do that. At least wait till I retire. <laughs> um, that and then who's gonna? At least if you do, make sure to give me all the login info so I can keep posting shows. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'll bequeath that to you. Next, um, and uh, eventually, and all my dad. he meets another person that is going through the same thing. Oh. 
apparently they're still in the same timeline, but they're also they're they're paralleling each other, mm-hmm, I guess. But mm-hmm. their 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 lifespan. So how did you are, know about this book if you never read it? Uh, I know of it, and mm. it's been on my. I need to read this. Oh well, Izzy. What are you doing? Hi, Izzy. She's knocking things over. Hey, sweetheart. Um, it, it won a World Fantasy Award. It was nominated for an Arthur C. Clarke. So it's been on my like reading list for a while. Um, just haven't gotten. It was it. assigned in seventh grade. I'll get to it eventually. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it was. I I know what. Maybe I even did, and I just. No, it gets a little. Oh, can we talk? Raunchy. Can I get on my soapbox for a minute? Uh, sure. What the fuck? How the fuck is Tennessee gonna ban Art Spiegelman's mouse? Yeah, kind of. That I don't know if they noticed the irony there. Right. Um. Yeah, uh, an anti-Nazi fucking fascist book. You do a fascist and like. Uh, also, another book that's been banned by the same school district is the fucking. Oh, what the fuck? I saw the play. Oh, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird is banned. Um. Wow. Um. Hmm. <laughs> it if just you it... disagree with the messaging, <laughs> right? It's what that's exactly what Kevin Smith said in another podcast. Kevin does with Mark Bernard and Batman Beyond. He said. It kind of seems like if you disagree with what Art Spiegelman's saying in Mouse, you kind of, yeah, you're on the other side of that argument. Yeah. Like, I'm not for saying, like, oh, someone's a Trump or they're a white supremacist. Because that's not necessarily, there's not a one no, one it's comparison. Not, you can't yeah. do that. But if you're like, we can't let our kids get a message from Art Spiegelman's Mouse, a comic book where mice are fucking Jewish people and cats are Nazi oppressors. Yes, Izzy, you are a little Nazi oppressor. <laughs> Like the guy who drew us Garbage Pail Kids, Art Spiegelman. Like, oh my God, we read Arts. We had to read Mouse, and in, in high school, that was like my favorite part of like our. Well, we we went to the Holocaust Museum in D.C. We went mm-hmm. to Muhlenberg College and watched Schindler's List, and Schindler's List is heartbreaking. Great movie, yeah. It's heartbreaking. It's hard to, yeah. It's it's really hard to get through. And then we read Mouse, and oh, okay, you can come up, come on up. She wants to get on my lap. Come on. Come on. She's so little. And she's purring like crazy. Here. You want to put that purr up to the mic? Hear that? Aw. Hi. She's so little. Uncle Squeezer says hi. Um, Yeah, so, like, come on, Tennessee. Like, be fucking better. Like... Mouse has a great message and to learn about the Holocaust and it's a comic book. And what the fuck are you banning books for? Books should not be banned whether they say something you agree with or you don't agree with. For fuck's sake. The same Mediocre reason- podcast should be banned. <laughs> well, we'd be gone. That's, yes. That's what I'm but like, I am not for taking Joe Rogan off the air either. No. No. He should be allowed to say whatever he wants to say. That's part of fucking America. I'm not for books- like, you don't ban books about anything. You should not. If they want to fucking assign Donald Trump's fucking art of the deal, let them read it. You cannot ban books. Jesus 
fucking Christ. And Mouse, out of all books. It, it, listen, if I could give a message to parents to tell their kids, if, if a book is banned, that's the one you should be reading because that's the one that's dangerous to the people who are fucking trying to hold you down. Yeah. God damn. So if you take anything out of this show, yeah, it should be that. Trust me. Everything yeah. else, no. <laughs> Not that maybe during his 33 years in the time loop, Phil Connor was, you know, offering BJs and fuck the ground. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with offering BJs. But I mean, of all yeah, the guys, you- of all the guys to blow in Poxitani, like that fucking guy, like, the life Ned. insurance sale, Ned, like he's the last guy you're going to blow. You're going to blow the guy you gave WrestleMania tickets to. General Zod. Way to get way way to get back to your safe space. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that's General Zod. What's his name from the Batman v Super uh, from Man of Steel? Uh, the guy who he gives WrestleMania tickets to the married the get couple gonna get married. That's Zod. Yeah. Um. What's his name? Uh. I don't know what WrestleMania they were going to because he just said, "Remember, we got them WrestleMania tickets." WrestleMania yeah, but, tickets, but they're like, "Oh, we're already in Pittsburgh." But there was that was WrestleMania. There wasn't a WrestleMania in Pittsburgh. Michael Shannon. Hmm. Michael Shannon. Yeah, there, there. WrestleMania in Pittsburgh. Was there a WrestleMania in Pittsburgh? Uh, I have I have the Wikipedia page pulled up right in front of me here. I'll tell you. Uh, New York City, Uniondale, New York at the Nassau Coliseum, Ugh. Rosemont, Illinois at the Rosemont Horizon, Los Angeles Memorial, is he? Uh, Pontiac Silverdome, Atlantic City Hall twice, uh, the the Trump Convention Hall, uh, Sky Dome, Toronto, Memorial Sports Arena, again, Hoosier Dome, what are you doing, is he? My God. Caesars Palace in Nevada for a nine. Uh, Madison Square Garden for 10. Hartford Civic Center for 11. Arrowhead Pond. No, so we're in 97 oh, already. Rosemont wow. Horizon. Yeah, too there late. Are... Uh, you know what? I think they were planning on having it in Pittsburgh, but there was a terrorist attack, and it would have been much worse, but a fire marshal foiled the plot and, and saved everyone. Fire Marshal Bill? Yeah. Is that what, are you, what, are you, what are you joking about? Uh, it's the plot of sudden death. Ah. Uh... I think we talked about that. Was that NHL? Yeah, yeah. Remember the the, the Penguins game? Yeah, right, yeah. And, like, and Cur- Curly Bills in the helicopter, and it goes and it crashes down. And yeah, I was like, this seems oddly familiar. I feel like we talked about this. Yes, oh, I love that movie. It's a documentary out there. They drink their pop and watch Sudden Death. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only they they banned. They actually banned. Um, it's for Brian Schindler's and, list Brian in, in and school. Autumn. Like, you can't watch it. But, <laughs> watch but it death. is mandatory watching that you have to watch Sudden Death. Yins can't death. watch Schindler's List no more. Yins, go get your pop, and Yins going to watch Sudden Death, all right? Go to the sheets. Get a burger with fries on it and a pop. It, it was like post-9-11 where like kids are graduating high school and everyone's going to be a firefighter because, you know, they want to do their thing or go join the army to serve their country. And 
Everyone in Pittsburgh saw sudden death and everyone wanted to be a fire marshal. Let me tell you something. That fire marshal Bill is my favorite character. In this, oh, he's fantastic. On, 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 on. Oh, I was in the lunchroom and Cable, the end, the very end that Cable Guy was on. And all I could think of was your dad. Oh, well, it's a good movie. <laughs> you might remember this song from a little recommendation called Give Me Shelter about the Rolling Stones and their nightmare in Altamont. That night, the Oakland chapter of the Hells Angels had their way. Tonight, it's my turn. <laughs> That's when he sings, Want Somebody to Love? Mm -hmm. I had that speech memorized. I crack my dad up every time. <laughs> hey, you better put your bathing suit on, because you're going to be channel surfing in no time. <laughs> All right, let's go to your next pick. <laughs> it's your pick. Is it? Yeah. We're only on your second one? Yeah. Oh, boy. We are. This this show is off the rails. Yeah, we threw an anchor down. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this one's, this is good. This is going to be big good. big offensive anchor. <laughs> well, it's Groundhog Day again. And that must mean that we're up here at Gobbler's Knob waiting for the forecast from the world's most famous groundhog weatherman, Punxsutawney Phil. <laughs> oh, only in Pennsylvania. When I was a kid, I was like, gobbler's knob? <laughs> yeah, it was. That was. Yeah, it's hilarious. Knob gobblers. So, like, okay, there's weird towns in Pennsylvania, like Apollo. We live near Bethlehem and Nazareth, and no, not where Jesus was fucking born and lived in. Uh, there's Athens, Pennsylvania, but there's some pretty funny uh, towns in, in Pennsylvania. Uh, <laughs> Big Beaver. <laughs> there's Big Beaver, Pennsylvania. There's Blue Ball, Pennsylvania. That's always everyone's favorite. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, oh, I'll just go through the list of it. There's California, Pennsylvania, and the University of California, Pennsylvania. Uh, in a landlocked area out by uh, uh, Beaver, <laughs> Beaver Town, <laughs> Big Beaver. Uh, there's Confluence. Um, there's Daisy Town, Squeezer. Oh, it's pretty out there. Uh, Dallas, Pennsylvania. Driftwood. I have family in Dallas. Oh, there's Economy, yeah. Pennsylvania. There's Ernest, you know what I mean, Vern, Pennsylvania, in Indiana County. There's Friendsville. IUP. Yes, IUP. There's Friendsville. Um, it was, oh, where's that? It was named after the community of Quakers who originally lived there. Oh, and they were all friends. Yes. There's Houston, Pennsylvania. Also, there's Dallas and Houston. Wow, we're really creative. Yeah. Intercourse, Pennsylvania, in oh, Lancaster yeah. County. Who the fuck knows why it's named Intercourse? There's I... <laughs> there's Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania, which always confused me as a kid because you're on your way to like fucking Penn State and it's like Jersey passing Jersey Shore. What? Yes, it's not the New Jersey Shore. It's Jersey Shore, Pennsylvania, in a landlocked, mountain surrounded area. There's Mars, Pennsylvania, a place where we've been many times, Musick. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the Lenape word for elk place. Musik. And don't get me started oh, on that like, makes sense. Skookul and all that. Lenape. 
Um, there's Northeast, like the name of Kanye's Northwest baby. <laughs> Northeast Pennsylvania. <laughs> Paint Pennsylvania. Pringle Pennsylvania. Red Lion Pennsylvania. Scalp Level Pennsylvania. That's the probably weirdest, weirdest and creepiest town. Scalp Level. like Scalp Level. Ow. And Throop, Pennsylvania. Throop? Uh, we have Centralia, of course, too. Don't forget that. <clears throat> yeah, well, Centralia is only creepy because of it's on the fire. actual town. It's, it's on fire. Yeah. The whole town is on fire, underground on fire. And everyone knows uh, our town, Allentown, because Billy Joel sang a song about Bethlehem, but it didn't rhyme, so he <laughs> called it Allentown. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And we're living here in Allentown. Everything happened on the other side of the river. Right. A lot of rivers uh, in Pittsburgh yeah. right here. Um, oh, this is cute. Uh, but Gobbler's Knob. Here, uh, let me see. Intercourse is a popular site for tourists because of its location to Amish country and its sexually suggestive name. Ah, nice. The movie Witness was filmed in Intercourse. See, they had the common courtesy to go and film a movie in Amish oh, country. Oh, I love Witness. That's a great movie. Yeah, it is a good movie. Gobbler's Knob is where Groundhog Day takes place. And if you Google Gobbler's Knob, people ask, is there really a Gobbler's Knob? And it says, the real location is a couple miles out of town. It's a little clearing at the top of a wooded hill. Gobbler's Knob doesn't look like it gets many visitors outside of February 2nd. <laughs> hmm. Oh, Intercourse and Bluebell were named in the list of delightfully named towns. Hmm. Well, Bluebell is named after the Bluebell Hotel. It's just, it's just funny. Yeah, so Gobbler's Knob got its name. According to the sign, the name Gobbler's Knob has two potential origins. The first is that the area was once home to a large group of turkeys called rafters. The second is that the name comes from the traditional act of gobbling up woodland creatures after a hunt. Ew. <laughs> Jake. Yeah. <laughs> Fried squirrels tonight. Oh, Jake squirrel hunts uh, this Friday, so... Oh, yeah. Uh, it's called tree ran hunt. They go out and they all kill as many squirrels as they can. And lest you think that they're killing squirrels for fun or for sport. No, they take them back. They weigh them. Whoever has the most wins. Then they batter them and deep fry them and eat them. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So nothing and goes to waste. There are. Um... What's the word? Like, what's a, what's a side bet? The uh... prop bet. Prop bet. Yeah, there are prop bets too. Um, regarding different sizes of squirrel parts. Oh yeah. The winner yeah. gets a bonus. Yeah. That's yeah. Real, real thing here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and welcome to Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're, 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 uh, even though they're and this, high this in isn't the country, folks. Yeah. Even <laughs> though they're high in cholesterol, uh, Jake still eats them. Yeah. Well. All right, here we go. Squeezer, your third pick. We're moving now. All right.
somehow we've entered what seems to be a temporal causality loop. We think we're stuck in a specific fragment in time and we've been repeating that same fragment over and over again. Is this what's causing our deja vu? Yes, but it's more than that. In deja vu, you only think you're repeating events. We actually are. Our theory is this. Every time the loop begins again, everything resets itself and starts all over. We don't remember anything that happened before, so each time through the loop, we think it's the first. You mean we could have come into this room, sat at this table, and had this conversation a dozen times already? A dozen, a hundred. It's impossible to tell. We could have been trapped here for hours, days, maybe years. If what we're saying is true, those voices I heard might have been echoes from previous loops. It's the thing with the face shift in my visor, after images of time. <laughs> uh, nothing like a little uh, start. Ah, sorry, sorry. No, you, you put me right to sleep with Star Trek. I know the show is cooking and going in a weird direction, but you're right at the ship with Star, Star Trek. Ah, <laughs> uh, nothing like a little um, Star Trek exposition in the old uh, conference room. <laughs> yeah. Like, right, well, I mean, we are, the bottle episode let's... was invented at uh, with Star Trek. Yeah. Um. But this show had this. this was is that uh, was of, that reading Rainbow, motherfucker? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lamar. Yeah, they're reading Lamar. Yeah. Um. Uh, this is considered one of the uh, a, a great Star Trek episode. Although Dan disagrees, he feels he gets a little bored of it, loops a little too much, and I'll trust Dan. Wow, um, Dan but, gets bored of a Star Trek episode. Yeah, <laughs> one yeah. must well, suck. Actually, because there's just way too much action in this one. I think that was the problem. <laughs> Um, because the Enterprise blows up like four times. It is a, it is. Uh, a he was overstimulated. Yeah, yeah. It's just not enough. Not doing anything and way too much things happening. Um, actually, I I love this episode and I love it. The the best cold open because it just opens up with the sirens going and the ship is failing and they go to abandoned ship and the ship just explodes. Bam! Enterprise explodes. Everyone's dead. Roll the open. I'm like, what the f... And then, as soon as the open rolls, it starts up with Captain's Log, you know, Stardate Supplemental, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, like, okay, why are we here? And it's a normal thing, and then it happens and explodes, and it happens over and over again. They, it's Star Trek, so it makes sense. Like, Whereas Groundhog Day, the best thing that they did was avoid explaining what's going on. Star Trek, the whole point of the show is to figure out what's going on and explain what's going on. So they had to do that. Um, and eventually they worked their way through it. And, and, and it really is the same thing as Groundhog Day, only everyone kind of forgets, but there are little things that are happening, like Geordi's visor and uh, Dr. Crusher hears like voices and stuff, and they know something is off. It just... Like, they're playing poker, and, like, um, the guy that hosted, uh... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> Don't be mean. I'm not going to brave star MacGyver this thing. Um, uh... But, like, yeah, Riker is, like, uh... Like, he knows that they're gonna... They, she's, like, gonna call his bluff. Like, there's little things that start happening that they figure it out. 
And then like data starts planting like memories in his head to like remember this, like because he's a you know an android. So eventually they figure it out and they're like, oh, what happened was there's this time loop and they actually collide with another Star Trek Starcraft. I'll call it. I'll say that so you understand what I'm talking about. Yes. They crash into another spaceship out of nowhere, and as it turns out. It's their own There's spaceship. Other... What's that? Never mind. No, go ahead. It's it's another... their own spaceship. No, 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 it was a different spaceship, but another star, another Starfleet spaceship, but from a different time. Remember, uh, Search for Spock, the second one. Remember the Reliant, or uh, not Search for uh, Rathacon, nope. the one that they have. I know of it. I have never seen. Okay, it. but you, you know the they don't. It's not the traditional Star Trek one. It's just like the saucer with like the little wings. It doesn't have the big body and all that with it. It's one of those. Yes. Um, and when when people see that, they know. Oh, that's an older Star Trek ship. And then they avoid this thing. They hail them. They talk to them. Kelsey Grammer's there making a cameo. See, I call that a callback. Um. And he is the captain of the starship, and he, but he's wearing the uniform from, like, Kirk's time. Yeah. Shut up! <laughs> That's a callback. <laughs> <laughs> it's been that whole time. Uh, or did you know I was picking a... You, you knew I was picking a Star Trek thing, so you're like, oh, gotta load up the sleepy clip. No, I just pulled it. Um, and so they realized... They, they, I don't know how they projected that the... The current Enterprise D with uh, uh, Professor X, that was, it's been 17 days that they were stuck in this loop. And they're like, 17 days, all right, we're good. Could be 33 years, 350 days. Yeah. But Kelsey Grammer turns out that they were there stuck in that loop doing the same thing over and over for over 80 years. Yeah. Spoilers. <clears throat> So it ends with him just like he's like, uh, you should probably be on board. We got shit to talk about." And then credits, but credits. Uh yeah. It's a good episode. You you should watch it. I think you would really enjoy it. Yeah, I'll get right on it. Yeah. But yeah. That 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 is a cameo. Hold on, I pull it up right now. I'm going to try to watch it. <laughs> Dance. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I started playing Star Trek and then I fell asleep. I'm sorry. I'm up. I'm up. <laughs> Player clip. <laughs> Here's my next one. like to see a man of advancing years throwing caution to the wind. It's inspiring in a way. My years are not advancing as fast as you might think. More coffee, hon? Yeah, just keep it coming, please. Sure thing. Jeez, real nice. Just put that anywhere, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Good save. <laughs> Don't you worry about cholesterol, lung cancer, love handles? I don't worry about anything anymore. What makes you so special? Everybody worries about something. Well, that's exactly what makes me so special. 
Hi, everyone. Hi, Squeezer. Uh, this is my pick. I asked RK if I could make a pick. And this is my favorite scene in the movie because it just reminds me of my little sweet Squeezer. So I got some tape to play. And I know Ish asked for the tape of the, the calling you calling me mother, which I sometimes think about late at night. But this is a little different. This is when we recreated the meal from Groundhog Day. So, all right, everyone, here's the tape. Hi, Squeezer. What can I get you for lunch today? I know it's a little early and it's Saturday, so none of the other kids are here. But uh, I'll get you some lunch. What do you want? Well, teacher, I saw Groundhog Days uh, this weekend, and I was wondering if we could recreate the meal from the scene because uh, he's a little older, and I think I could uh, get away with uh, eating a big stack of flapjacks, eggs, bacon, uh, lots of donuts, some pastries, uh, some angel food cake, and a whole carafe of coffee. Um, I just want to smoke cigarettes. That's all. That's all right. I'll smoke cigarettes. <sighs> After we are together, Squeezer, I often smoke a cigarette just because of everything that goes down. So I went out and I got, I made some flapjacks. I made a big thing of scrambled eggs and a giant plate of bacon and a giant plate of sausages. Sausage, the little breakfast links that little Squeezer likes so much. And the angel food cakes and the donuts and the, the sticky buns and... I put some caramel and walnuts on my backside and told Squeezer that these are the only sticky buns you're going to be eating today. But he is a child, so, you know, he really couldn't do anything. But, you know, uh, then he literally I served him a carafe of coffee, and at that young age, he drank the whole thing straight from the carafe. Oh, Mrs. Uh, Lunch Lady, I enjoy my coffee. Just black. Uh, when the oils pull at the top, that's how you know it's a good brew. Oh, you're such a smart... <laughs> You're such a smart little young whippersnapper. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, I gotta go. I just wanted to talk about my favorite scene in Groundhog Day. Who hasn't, Squeezer, <laughs> eaten a piece of angel food cake the way he eats it in this movie? Oh, it's fantastic. That's the only way you eat angel food cake. You stuff the whole thing because angel food cake. It's that's not that wasn't a real piece of cake. That was angel food. That's my all angel food cake. If if I'm gonna eat any cake, it's an, my only cake I ever liked was angel food cake. Hmm. And you could literally I, I remember that. You could literally take that piece and stuff that whole thing in your mouth. And it's not like eating a piece of cake like that. That's it's very different. It's very light and, mm -hmm. and airy. Mm -hmm. Well, you are. It, it's it's. We are what we eat, and you are light and fluffy. Yes, it's 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 very dainty for my dainty figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, I just love the food scene when he lights a cigarette, and she's like, "Don't you worry about love handles." <laughs> like I worry about love handles, but I guess if I was stuck in a thirty-three-year-old time loop, <laughs> now, now that almost now that it dates itself more than anything. Like the, the the lighting the cigarette up in the restaurant means more now. In a movie like Groundhog Day, where you don't give a fuck versus then, right? Back like, then, oh, it was just like, oh, he's, he's, smoke, he's in the smoking, smoking. Section. Okay, <clears throat> there might be a smoking section, but it was still smoking. Right? Did your dad uh, smoke in restaurants? No, no, no never. No. no, we didn't. Uh, 
that didn't fly. Mom was not a fan of it. It was he. He went out outside to the garage or to a small corner of the basement. Uh, and if we if we were like you know eating out, like we didn't. No, it was it was usually non-smoking or or you know eh, non-smoking. Eh, whatever. Wherever you got, we're, we're fine. We're fine. Just want to sit down. Uh, remember that was a thing. Yeah. Ask you where you want to sit. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Smoking or non, uh, wherever there's open seats. Because yeah. back then, yeah, I mean, it didn't matter. This, it, the whole no, place it smelled didn't, like it cigarettes. didn't matter. Especially like places like I would like to go. Like we would go to like the um, oh, what was the hell was the name of it? The one little inn. The village inn. <laughs> no, not the village. Oh god, the village inn place is so was... dark. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Pinecrest. Pinecrest, that was my hang. I don't know this place. Uh, out uh, Mechanicsville Road. Where? Wh- by, what's by, there now? Uh, it's uh, that Grumpy's place. Oh, Grumpy's Barbecue. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's right that was, that was our hang. House, that was yeah. where my dad and I would go. We get clams and <laughs> onion soup and uh, some uh, uh, pigs in a blanket. And, oh, uh, really? But yeah, no. He would never even smoke around me when. Uh, like if it were even even just the two of us, but yeah, like there was a smoking section, a non-smoking section, and a bar, and it was literally half the place was the bar, and half the place was the restaurant, and then half that place was the smoking and non-smoking sections. And literally, you could be like one table, like you're like just enough for a waitress to squeeze through. <laughs> one table had an ashtray, the other didn't. Right. Like I, it really matters. And now the whole place is smoking section, just smoking meats, and not like. Phil Connors when he's sucking dicks. I think I was only there once and it just didn't feel right. Yeah, it's all right. I've been there a few times. It's good. Okay. All right. Uh, you're we're moving through it. Your next pick. Uh, can we can we can we run some uh, Nintendo music for forty seconds? Oh, you gotta take a pee break. Yeah. All right. Quick pee break. We'll play what I li- listen when I watch Star Wars. Star Trek. Star Trek. Here, I'll play the driving scene for you guys again. All right, little fella. Good job. <laughs> he just smiled at me. Did you see that? I believe he did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, little fella. There you go. Hi there, mister. Something I can do you for? Hey! Hey, what are you doing? Check your mirrors, just side of your eye. Side of your eye. 
Hey, they're chasing us. Come on, make it fun. <laughs> I'm back. I was waiting on Little Squeezy. Little Squeezy, delicious. Taking a pee break. Well, you had too much coffee out of your carafe. That's why you got to pee so bad. I told you that you should pace yourself and limit. Yes, but this uh, had such good oil pouring out of the top. It was a <laughs> really good batch of coffee. But you should have drank the whole pot. <laughs> it's going to make you tinkles. And you know when you have to tinkles too much and I have to go in with you, I shake it off for you so you don't have any drippage in your little underwear. Yes, I appreciate you doing that for me. <laughs> Are you even going to cut that out? Did you really just do like a minute of just lunch lady? Uh, no, I didn't do a full minute. I grabbed some beer. <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm I'm glad to know that you really I'm not needed on this show. Because <laughs> you can do you, you can do the lunch lady, and you can do me. Um I can only do you with some baby oil. What the hell happened to this show? <laughs> it got weird. <laughs> it got weird? I think it started weird. Uh, all right. We're all right. Your SNL pick. Here we go. Oh, spoilers. Spoilers. At this point, um, Patty and I are now going to make love. Oh, I see you brought a camera. Are, are, are you going to be taking some snapshots? Just shut up and do it, Jasper! <laughs> okay, well, uh, you're right. Enough fat chewing. Let's get right to it, shall we? Okay. All right, here we go. Now, <clears throat> the first thing I like to do is locate Patty's breasts and howdy do, there they are, right where they should be. Can everyone see? Yeah, baby, oh yeah! Okay, now, you want to squeeze those breasts ever so gently, kind of, well, maybe like you're kneading dough, or maybe you're playing with silly putty or whatnot. Hack! Hack! Okay, now, who said that? This is the kind of childishness I'm talking about here. Implying that my wife's breasts are bicycle horns. They are not. Now, can we please continue? I'm going to get right to insertion now. Patty, are, are you ready? Yes, I am, and thank you for asking. What was that? <laughs> um, that was um, Chris Elliott uh, and Janine Garofalo, Sandler, and Chris Farley. And... Um, it, it was an adult education class that was hosted at the local elementary school where they would teach couples how to have sex. And in doing so, they didn't just discuss it, but they actually went through and did it in the classroom. 
to demonstrate in front of people. Hank, uh, Hank. <laughs> yeah. My uh, wife's breasts are Sandler not bicycle. Sandler and Carly are just two drunk slobs <laughs> sitting in the front row, um, just crushing beers and taking pictures the entire time. Um, Mike Myers is in this sketch, too. Oh, wow. uh, he has a question. Uh, like, we were here last week, and we have a question about the beer bottle. We were taking that home and trying to figure out how it worked, and we weren't quite sure. And they point out that that wasn't part of the show. It's just it was thrown at them, um, implying that both Farley and Sandler show up every week to this, <laughs> just drinking and watching these people do it on the floor of an elementary school. All right, all right. I like it. Um, I like it. It's a, it's a great sketch. It might be a little too long. I think it's like a fi- it's like 5 minutes long. Yeah, but that's it's, when it gets it's it's not funny anymore and then it becomes funny again. Yes. Um <clears throat> but it ends with them then volunteering. We're like, "All right, now let's uh let's uh well, we're done here. Now uh it's time for group participation. Whoever wants to have sex with either uh, my wife or myself, please come up and we will uh, begin. And then Janine Garofalo's character goes, oh, I forgot I got to put a coin in the meter. And she runs out and then everyone sits back down or leaves. But Farley and Sandler still come up with their pants around their ankles <laughs> and then just start humping Chris Elliott. <laughs> nice. It's uh, it, it was a special time in SNL. A lot of people call it the low point. It was amongst my favorites. Like, because that's when I was, they're like, like oh, it's just sophomore, like, immature humor for, like, a 12-year-old. Well, guess what? I was 12. You know? Right. Uh, this this was season, was I 12 yet? I was 11. I go 11 and going on 12. This is season 20 he was, uh, uh, Chris Elliott was on. Um, who's the cameraman in, uh. Yes, we played so that. well. By the way, yes. played perfectly. Played it. Yes, he's not mean. He's not a dick. He's just indifferent to life. Yes. Um. And also the, the like we talked about earlier, the look in his face when he is offered a cup of coffee from Bill Murray and a and a pastry and a pastry. It's like something is wrong. <laughs> um. He only did one season on SNL. He didn't. Ha- it's well known that he didn't have the best time. And his, I think it was his daughter. Then went on to be on the show. Yes, she is the first uh, second generation uh, alum. She did. She actually was on for like four seasons. And now, to be fair, I don't think I didn't know because I never watched in those. That was like 2010 to 14 or something. I think in there maybe. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in that time, and that's I just was not watching SNL then. Like there, it was that dark period. Um, I know Keenan Thompson was on then, just because I think he's I was been on she for was forty years now. Yeah, she was funny. <laughs> oh, he was great. No, I'm saying she um, was funny. I watched it with her. She was funny. Oh, oh, good. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris Elliott. He, the problem was he came in at a time when it, it was very immature at the time but it was also so many big hitters were on that season yeah it was tough to find just the yeah. fact that you just farley and um sandler adam sandler alone david spade david spade michael um, myers and mike myers uh left towards the end kevin nealon was on that season um yeah it was real and and norm was there of course uh michael ah. mckean was on 
Um, actually, t- and it's crazy. I think Tim Meadows was actually already established on the show at this point. I got my Cavathier, and I'm ready to do my show. I think he had the second. I, I think he has the second longest run now. Tim Meadows. I think it was Tim Meadows, and then I think Keenan Thompson actually has been on longer since. I want to say. Hey, it's the um, ladies' man. He was great. Chris Elliott's great and scary movie. Take yeah. a strong hand, child. And I didn't know. I haven't. Everyone keeps telling me I gotta watch Shit's Creek. Yeah, I and know. I gotta watch. Schitt's I Creek. just haven't. I'm like, all right, I, I'll get to it eventually. He he's Creek? on that. Oh. Um, because uh, I guess yeah, Eugene uh, uh, Levy. Yeah, yeah. He. I guess uh, Chris Elliott plays like the mayor. From what I guess, I, I kind of want to check it out now. That I know he's in it because I am a fan. Maybe not of Cabin Boy, but um, Cabin Boy was was very weird. Got a Razzie. <laughs> Um, but I, I did like his SNL stuff. It was, and it was, was silly. It was different. He dude, said his problem with it was he came from a place like, like he was on Letterman, like all through the eighties. Like he was like the guy to come out and do a bit. Right. Um, and, and Dave loved him and it, he was a writer there and he would do the, come out and do a bit. And it was very much a team effort cause it was, um, Dave's show you were doing it for Dave right whereas SNL he said it was so much you're it's a cast and you're working together to do the show but you have to write your own stuff and you're competing with everyone so right. not only are you trying to help each other to put on a good show but you're trying to undercut each other and outdo everyone and he just wasn't a fan of that process um, and that's why when he was he did one season he was asked if he wanted to come back but only in a um, weekend update kind of position, like doing a one, like, you know, three minute bit a week. And he's like, if I can't be a regular cast, he doesn't want to be involved. And it was like, it was, wasn't any bad blood or anything. They just decided to part ways and it was better for him too. And, yeah, uh, he's Janine fun. Garofalo didn't make it through the whole season. No. So. He's funny. And there's something about Mary. He's funny in community, but as a guy who fucks a computer, Russell Borchett. Oh, I will get there because I'm starting to go through community now because I don't have enough to watch. Mm, he's um, good. In, he plays a couple roles in King of the Hill. Yeah, he just he's always there, and he just he has that look. He has that personality. He's just very funny guy. I was, I've always been a fan of him. I and I think his role in Groundhog Day is one of his best. Oh yeah, it's good. He's good in it. Yeah, yeah. Also, I mean, it's a because it's a good movie with a good script. Cab, cabin boy. Um, no. Yeah. Cabin boy. All right, my last pick. Holy sound effects. Thanks to the modern-day miracle of bat technology, bat action sounds you can actually see. Just try to count them all. <laughs> To see and hear more bat action, watch Batman. Today, that time, 5 p.m., Bat Channel 11. It's not just a movie anymore. <sighs> Nothing felt more like Groundhog Day than the monot. So it's not just a movie anymore. This was WPIX 11 in our, our uh. new, the New York's movie station. So after Batman 89 came up, Syndication ran wild for the 
Batman 66 show. It was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> us kids could not get enough of it. Right? No. Yeah. Oh, no. I, I thought you were going to say something else. I didn't want to interrupt you. No, no absolutely. No. No. You would hunt it out. You would go in your... The physical because after Batman eighty nine TV guide you you had your comic books but all you wanted was more Batman yeah and um yeah yeah Batman eighty yeah. Batman sixty six was the only thing <laughs> yeah. there was the Batman show and you got Robin and you had the cavalcade the the Rogues Gallery of villains uh, who Peacemaker said all his are in the six feet under the fucking ground <laughs> um, um and and look. It, like a Batman eighty nine, if that were a TV series, like you wouldn't, it would get exhausting, because it's just the darkness. Like, but sixty six, it was like just That's fun. Yeah. So it was easy to just tune in. Oh, whenever. it was it like was just... perfect for kids too. Yes, but it was yes. very monotonous. It was Groundhog Day. It was it was Batman, Robin, uh, you know, doing something a a a thirty something man and his young ward would do around the house on a normal day. <laughs> Get the call, the you know, say hi to Alfred, say hi to Anne Harriet. Get the call from the commissioner. We see the the villain of the week doing their thing. Batman, Robin thwart it. They get tied up by the villain in a near death situation. Break. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Come back. Something in Batman's utility belt gets them out of whatever situation they're in, and um, they beat up the the villain's henchmen. They capture the villain, and Commissioner Gordon says, "Thank." God for you, Batman. And Chief <laughs> O'Hara, the drunk Irish cop, says, Why, Batman, if it weren't for you, who knows if Joker would have taken over the whole city? And it was a, it was formulaic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, we loved it. And, but, like, I remember the Family Channel had a marathon, and I've talked about this on the show the whole day. And oh, my buddy Matt yes. came over. He spent the night. We just had our action, our Batman action figures out by my, like, coal stove the uh, 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 hearth that was off for this summer so like the whole the whole uh facade with the bricks and everything was our our gotham city and we just played action figures while we relived groundhog day of batman after batman after batman after batman and then occasionally the the cycle breaks when a purple clad sparkly g- girl flies through uh, the screen, <sighs> and you see the the motorcycle, and you're like, "Bad girls in this episode," and you like fucking freak out because then you're gonna get you usually get a different villain too. You usually get like Egghead. I you know I even I even pulled up. I just typed Batman Egghead for some reason, just because it was Vincent <laughs> Price. <laughs> Hello, Batman. I don't know if you want to purchase my time life spooky stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good Vincent Price, but uh, ah, I just it just for me, it was Groundhog Day in a good way. Uh, I'm not shitting on it. Ah, uh, no, it was fantastic. All right, your last time for your last pick. Uh, finally, uh, this this truly is Groundhog Day for us. In a good way. Yeah, because we're making bank. 
I love polka. When we were in Germany, we were at the Hofbrau House in Munich, and the polka band came out. I like marked out like a fucking fanboy. Yeah. Like the polka band. And when the polka bands come out at Oktoberfest, like the place goes fucking nuts. Yeah. It's a party. Look, there's a time in like your teenage years where like, oh, I'm too cool for this. Yeah, but I love polka now. I got now it comes now it comes back where I'm like, now that's all I want to hear. Yeah, Gus Polinski and the fucking Kenosha Kickers. Give them to me. Yeah. And it takes me back to when I was a kid because I my one of my nicknames for my one grandfather was Papa Polka. Because he had a tape. We just play polka in his van all day long. Well, Squeezer, uh, at our uh, our summer parish festival every year, down in the church, it was Jimmy Stir or Walt Roller or one of those bands playing on the church stage every year as polka. Most weddings that were had had a polka band as their fucking... Yeah. Because they're a party band. Oh, how many how many beer gardens and halls around here had a polka band playing at night? Oh yeah, man, polka all day. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the polka. The I mean, oh polka. my god, we would go, my my grandparents and I they take us down. We go down to the Sanger Bun, and it was a a beer garden in the middle of the the town. You just go drink. There's polka band playing. You hang out. That's what you did. Jolly Joe's Grove. <laughs> uh, I never went there. Um, this is how the movie starts, right? When they when they first get there, yep. They're first you hear it playing in the background, and I, I completely knob. forgot. And I hear it. I'm like, oh god! Just... It, it, I mean, I'm sure there's people that like think like, oh, they like made this song up for the movie. This nope. goes back to the 40s. Yep. Um, uh, and there's verses about music fest in Bethlehem. Is there really? Oh, hang on. I just had the lyrics up. Well, they're not. Oh, do the polka uh, from Pennsylvania. You could polka if oh, you're like, from Pennsylvania. They might. They make up their own shit, too. Yeah. Bethlehem, there's a city. There's a music fest that happens there each year. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's that's not in the original. Well, that's not in the original because the song is written in 47 and music fest started in 85. You could polka if you come so. from Pennsylvania. Um, it's been covered like a thousand times by, you know, other polka bands and polka legends like, you know, the great <clears throat> Jimmy Stir, um, and, uh, Lawrence Welk, the Andrews sisters, Jack Black, you know, all the, all the, well, Jack Black did it playing a guy that we covered, uh, probably the night your name got coined, Jan Luan. Yeah, that was... You could watch the Polka King on Netflix. August of uh, nine of two thousand three. Two thousand three. Squeezer was coined. He had a um, Jan Luan had a Ponzi scheme going, and I remember we got to go. Hey, there's some fucking Jack Black guy here. There's his his people need footage of Jan Luan. You need to fucking find it and send it to him. That was like five years before the movie came out. Some Jack Black guy. What an idiot. Yeah. Some fucking black guy. Jack Black guy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you see our banner behind him in the movie. Oh. In the footage of him. <clears throat> I never saw it. Everyone yells at me. Oh. I haven't seen it. Yeah, Jack Black plays Jan Luan, the Polka King. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, th- this is a song from, damn, my childhood, your childhood. It just, it was... What always played, and uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to see it in this. And 
it was it was a really nice touch. Um, add just it, it's as realistic as it could get. Because when you do drive across the border, you it plays automatically. Like it, your radio, if you have your radio on, uh, it overrides whatever signal it is and just starts playing Pennsylvania polka. True story. No, it doesn't. I just ran out of ideas and I went with something and it was terrible. Mm. No oh. excuses. I'm sorry. Well, you know, yeah, throw stuff out there. So you gotta work. Yeah, you know that's how you work. I, I throw things at the wall, and uh, most of the time I hear crickets. Every now and then you hear a, a chuckle. Hmm. And uh, crickets, crickets are fine because you know we're gonna eat crickets one day. It's all we're gonna eat. So deep fried and butter. Yep. Oh yeah, delicious. <laughs> well, that was the thing. That's why I made the garlic bread. I was actually hoping for some deep-fried garlic crickets, but I didn't have any crickets, so I had to use bread. Ugh. I'm going through the... I'm like, honey, where are crickets? Just going through every drawer. It's like, we're out. I'm like, shit, I'll use bread. <laughs> you ate all the clams, and you were still hungry, so you ate all the crickets. <laughs> I, I did have a random clam night, yeah. <clears throat> she sent me out to use up the giant points, because, you know, you, you know, save a... Something, a couple bucks on gas, and don't send me to the grocery store late at night because came back with a, a couple bushel clams. Of clams, yeah, not a bushel. Two hundred clams. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a bu- two hundred clams. That was my midnight snack. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess uh, that's it. We're we're done. Wait, is it really? Yeah. Oof. That was the longest pulling of a Band-Aid ever. Why is that? You were, I don't know. The show wound up just as long as every other two hours. Just no, like, no, I, I'm not worried about time. I'm worried. It was, uh... I, I, I was... Know. This was the least, like, prep work I did into a show in a lot. And I don't do a whole lot of prep work. I gather some stuff that I'm going to talk about and like some things if I want to remember a name. But this one, I'm just like, I watched the movie. I'm going to go in and just fucking yap. Um, yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I We watched Groundhog. And I watched it. I'm like, there's only so much I can do rather than just talk about the movie. So like we'll go along the time traveling realm of, of things. That's why I was able to go with like Star Trek and Prince of Persia. And, yeah, you know, both- you went with what you know, which is S&D. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, what if I'm sure in 33 years and 350 days, are you telling me Phil Connor didn't like, like, I wonder? Oh, I, well, like they said, they left out some dark stuff. And in 1993, that's not be dark. dark for some people. Sucking no, a dick no, no. is light. No, no. But back then it was now. Now it's a much more progressive. World right. And, now they would have um, shown him sucking that dick. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm. Come on, Needlemeyer. <laughs> Right now, there's some producer in, like, Miami or the Valley. It's like, you know what? I got an idea for a movie. All right. And then tomorrow, it'll be on Pornhub. <laughs> yep. Tomorrow morning. It's a, it's a hit. <laughs> How much money did it make? Uh, about 50 bucks. How many views? 40 billion. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess it's time to wrap the show up. We'll be back next week with uh, Super Bowl commercials for. We've oh, done a lot crap. of those. Yeah, we got to start digging through. Super we got a Bowl lot. Of, I got to start going back now and Four. seeing what we did. Yeah. 
Uh, then Retro Romance, four. That might be a greatest hits. <laughs> They're all greatest hits at this point. Come on. <laughs> Mediocre hits. Yes. Indifferent hits. Sure. Worst Something hits. we talked about. <laughs> yes. Yes. Rehashing. It's the rad years of the rad years. Talking about the best years of the Rad Years podcast on the Rad Years podcast. Just let's leave you and I out of the romance episode. Yeah, no oil wrestling and no Phil Connor sucking dicks. Jeez, it sounds so dirty. Uh, I'm sorry. You have this like idea in your mind that we're a family show. We still are. <laughs> I'm from the Manson family, maybe. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, happy Groundhog Day, everybody. Happy six more weeks of fucking winter because that fat fucking varmint saw his goddamn fucking uh, shadow. Uh, so you, you would think that one year just one of those hillbillies out there is just going to have a 22 and just ba-ting, and that's it. Bing. <laughs> Bing. <laughs> oh, God, Ned is so hateable. Uh, he's, the worst. he's my favorite. <laughs> Uh, well that's it everybody uh, remember to go on um, Apple Podcasts and rate and review us and screenshot and send to me and I'll send you some stuff or go on Spotify and you know if you still have your Spotify account if you didn't lose it for losing Joni Mitchell or uh, Neil Young Neil Young sorry or, or Neil, uh, Neil I, I think I think we're good yeah so uh, you could rate us and give us uh, a rating and screenshot that or the comment on YouTube and uh, screenshot that. Send it to me and I'll send you some whatever merch I've got in the Rad Years headquarters. Um, it's a way we get other people to listen to us talking about Phil Connor sucking Neil Myers cock in one of the 33 years of the Groundhog Day time loop. And who would, would you want to deny that fucking pleasure? Right? Not Ned. Not Ned. All right. We'll be back next week with some Super Bowl, retro Super Bowl commercials. In the meantime, I'm RK. And I'm Squeezer. Everybody, we'll see you next week. <laughs>